Hi, and welcome back to the official podcast of the WCD. That's the World Congress of Dermatology, which will be held next in Singapore in 2023. I am Dr. Etienne Wang from the National Skin Centre of Singapore, and I'll be your host for this podcast. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're back from hiatus for season two of this podcast, where I speak to dermatologists and skin researchers from all over the world to talk about all things dermatology. And today, my resident co-host, Shashin, is back with a derm topic for discussion. Hi, Shashin. Happy New Year. Hi, Happy New Year, and thanks for having me again. It's great to be back for Season (laughs) 2. Yeah, Season 2. Sophomore season, we got to live up to Season (laughs) 1. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what do you have to discuss with us today? Right, so when we've talked about patients with skin disease, we've talked about how it impacts their own life, their quality of life. But one thing that also struck me was how it affects the people around them, in particular caregivers. Now, when we see patients in our clinic, they often come with either a parent, a spouse, um, or even a child. And it really got me thinking and had me reading about how um, patients with skin disease, how their caregivers' quality of life is affected by it. Oh yes, that's very interesting. It's almost like a quality of life, but you don't restrict yourself to just the patient. You got to see how the disease affects the people around them. Do you have an example of this? Yes. So um, as you know, the DLQI is a measure that we use to measure quality of life. There was actually a study that looked at uh, psoriasis patients and how psoriasis severity affects quality of life of their caregivers. So it looked at about 126 patients and it looked at the caregiver's main concerns. So for example, the study showed that their main concern was actually the patient's future. So almost 39% of caregivers were at least a lot or very worried, regardless of the body surface area. And I mean, for patients with moderate to severe psoriasis, over 51% of caregivers were either a lot or very much worried about their patient's future. It's not just that, but I think another concern was also the time spent, because a lot of these caregivers help our patients apply their topicals. Um, About 17% even reported increased housework. I can just imagine how that would be for them. Yes, and um, especially for eczema patients, for patients with eczema or even GED, the, the faking skin actually adds to a lot of dust in the house and that's, that requires a lot of housework. Are there similar studies for eczema and other skin diseases? Well, I haven't looked at the eczema studies per se, but uh, the, the ones I saw were mainly for psoriasis. Um, I thought it was interesting that, um, I mean, we, we normally talk about big impacts. So does it is it something that worries you, affects your day-to-day life? But there were some studies that also looked at uh, what we seem to think of as little things, for example, their social life, daily shopping, or how it even impairs their sleep. And it did show that a minority of these caregivers, maybe about 3%, even found it um, influencing those aspects of their say, social life and activities of daily living. Yes, um, and so so this study actually used what we call the psoriasis family index. That's a validated survey for carers. Do you use something similar in your daily practice? So in my daily practice, I've actually never used a score for the caregivers themselves. It's always been looking at how it affects the patient's quality. We have several scores for eczema and uh, psoriasis, but we actually haven't used any for patients' caregivers. I think it's time that we start paying some attention to caregivers. This also shines a light on the patients with no caregivers. It can be very challenging for these patients who either live alone or um, choose to live alone for any reason. It sometimes makes your heart sink when you see a patient with very severe skin disease and ask them about their support network. I mean, some of them have nursing homes where the patients, where the nurses help it, help them apply. But some of them, say, live with another elderly patient who's also unwell and 
aren't really helped them. It also got me thinking about what we can do to, you know, support these family members, these caregivers. We we do talk about uh, support groups for different skin diseases. It makes me think about, you know, why why shouldn't we even have support groups for caregivers? Maybe they can accompany these patients to support groups and bond with other caregivers who are going through you know, a similar time in their lives. Yes, I agree that community is really important in chronic disease. Okay, thank you very much, Shashan. That was very interesting to start off the new season. Uh, I'll speak to you soon and uh, Happy New Year again. Great, talk to you soon. Happy New Year. And now I'd like to welcome Dr. Nisha Chandran to the podcast. She's the head of dermatology at the National University Hospital and she has a special interest in pediatric dermatology and immunodermatology. She also is the first doctor I I ever met when I came back to Singapore from my studies. Do you remember that, Nisha? Yes, I do actually. I do. I remember (laughs) you in the wards of uh, National University Hospital and uh, showing you around, showing you the ropes and you being all blue-eyed and bright-eyed, you know, to start your work. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yes, Yes, that's right. That's right. And now you're basically running the entire dermatology department in the National University Hospital. Can you tell us a bit about the challenges facing a derm department in a very busy Singaporean hospital? Okay, so in in any medical institution, it is definitely challenging to keep up with complex and ever-changing protocols, both during the COVID-19 pandemic and outside it as well. And this is even more so in a tertiary hospital like National University Hospital, where there is a need for constant crosstalk and accurate and timely dissemination of information across multiple layers of staff and specialties. So in my eyes, as head of dermatology, the nidus for me is dermatology and my team. But I do need to be cognizant of the need to disseminate information intent accurately in a timely manner across multiple layers of staff right, within dermatology and outside. And also because uh, National University Hospital is part of a cluster, the National University Health System, and when I oversee dermatology across the cluster, there's also a need to ensure that all the institutions function well in the way we practice dermatology. Um, and yet, I would have to say, Etienne, that an honest challenge would nonetheless be to elevate the standing of dermatology within a tertiary hospital that has so many other KPIs, competing and concurrent KPIs and focuses as well. You know, So why should dermatology matter compared to other specialties? What is the work we do that keeps us relevant and essential? What sets us apart uh, that deserves attention, the eyes, the ears, the funds, the effort, the time of the hospital? And, and what is the future of our trainees, right, of a young dermatologist in a tertiary hospital? Um, a bright one, I hope, um, and I do believe. So all these points are things that, that both keep me awake at night and at the same time keep me going. Um, so that, that I hope that answers what I feel about the challenges of practicing dermatology in a busy tertiary hospital. Have you seen any interesting skin manifestations during this COVID pandemic? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I think uh, because... Again, we, we practice in such a, a varied uh, environment. Uh, we see all manner of skin manifestations of COVID-19, uh, be it from the disease itself, uh, be it from the vaccination, COVID-19 vaccination, the mRNA vaccines, or the non-mRNA vaccines, or be them even uh, cutaneous adverse drug uh, eruptions to, say, COVID-19 medications. So we've seen, you know, flares of atopic dermatitis, psoriasis, pemphigoid, herpes zoster, which, which has been reported quite a little bit, um, erythema nodosum, small vessel vasculitides, neutrophilic eccrine hydradenitis as well, which is rather interesting, you know, a, a neutrophilic dermatosis, uh, uh, the setting of uh, mRNA vaccines. Wow. Yeah, and, and recently, um, it was actually published uh, in the JAMA Derm, I believe, um, this new entity called Vaccine-Related Eruption of Papules and Plaques, uh, which is a very interesting spectrum of spongiosis on one hand, and uh, a lot of interface dermatitis on the other hand, with pityriasis rosea-like lesions in the, in the middle. 
And it's a very nice spectrum to sort of fit patients into clinically as well. Uh, when you see more robust spongiosis, more papules, urticated papules and plaques, and the more papulosquamous forms on the other end. So it's mm. really been quite interesting to see these patients. Yeah, I've definitely seen those patients that I've probably labeled as PR and w- with a little bit of hesitation. So I think that's a yeah. very interesting entity, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And your department is also affiliated with the National University of Singapore. Um, do you do a lot of research or do you do a lot of collaborations with the researchers and academics there? Yeah, so we have uh, links definitely with the National University of Singapore, the oldest university in Singapore. We, we have collaborations uh, with their sub-departments, you know, be it the educational departments, be it the basic science departments. Um, it, it is up and coming. I think it's a, it's a field uh, and the scope is expanding actually with every year that passes. So yeah, we're quite happy and, and excited to be part of it. Yeah, National Skin Centre is also affiliated with the Skin Research Institute of Singapore, and there are a lot of very interesting things coming up now. Yes. You recently published a study on steroid phoba. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, okay, so I think maybe what you saw was um, this uh, review that we did on steroid phobia, and in particular, uh, topical steroid addiction or topical steroid withdrawal. This was actually a, a review that I did with Ellie, who also helps you with um, yes, yes. these podcasts as well. So we, we, we tried to look into you know, uh, what has been published, the postulated mechanisms uh, for uh, TSA addiction or TSW withdrawal. Right? So these include things like tachyphylaxis, which patients may mention now and then, uh, dysregulation of glucocorticoid receptors, rebound vasodilation, or even impairment of the skin barrier with ensuing inflammation. All these may be results of uh, topical steroid application. And I think you know a lot of it, it is out there in the literature, but we have tried to uh, aggregate it and... I do have to say that um, there may be actual basis to this phenomenon, contrary to many of uh, what us dermatologists may believe. And I think we do need to keep an open mind that this may actually exist and, and we have to uh, endeavour, attempt to understand it more um, mm. so that we can also empathise with our patients better and, and treat them better and give them better outcomes. What are your current um, strategies to address this? Um, so, you know, we, we found that this is a, an ongoing um, study as well that, uh, that we're doing and... Um, we conducted interviews uh, with, with patients, you know, semi-structured interviews, um, understanding their opinions, um, again, on use of topical corticosteroids and their concerns. Um, and, you know, we, we found that uh, opinions varied. There were themes that came to it, you know, the attitudes patients had towards topical corticosteroids, the personality of the patients themselves, how they evaluate their response to the, the steroid that's used, and also, very importantly, the doctor's uh, a relationship with the patient. That really drives how patients also decide um, to direct their healthcare-seeking behaviour. And I, I think it's important as, as dermatologists, as medical professionals, to be upfront with our patients, um, to be open-minded and also humble about what we know and what we don't know so that we can better meet them on the same page and help to address their concerns, not, not always um, dismissing them, but at the same time uh, keeping an open mind, like I said, and, and aiming to understand it better. I agree, totally agree with that. And what do you look forward to most for the upcoming World Congress of Dermatology in Singapore? Oh, I think it's really an exciting time. There's been so much work that has gone into it to um, prepare Singapore you know, for the bid that we did um, and, and the upcoming conference itself. It, so much has changed with the pandemic. I mean, there's a constant question mark, veil of uncertainty about what exactly we can do with the Congress. But I think we're moving in the right direction of having in-person, face-to-face congress, which is great and I'm looking forward to, and I'm sure many people are, uh, my colleagues, you as well, um, in Singapore, looking forward to welcoming people from all over the world, fellow dermatologists, uh, key opinion leaders, people who just want to learn uh, from other people who know more 
you can share and come to Singapore to have a good time to do all this learning in a setting that is uh, collegial, that is friendly, that is welcoming. And then I think it's the centre of Asia, right? So we, we have so much to offer. And, and from there, uh, as Dede also mentioned in her last podcast, right, enjoy yourselves. And I think um, everyone really can benefit from the WCD 2023 being held in Singapore. It will be a kind of light, I think, at the end of the tunnel after two years of this pandemic. And I think it's something that everyone can really look forward to to learn about dermatology, hopefully once again in a setting that we're all familiar with and we'll feel happy from, really. Yes, yes, yes. Seeing each other. Yes, fingers crossed. And I really hope that happens too. Okay, yeah. thank you, Nisha, for joining me on this podcast today again. Thank you, Etienne. Thank yes, you I much. hope to see you soon. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Same here, same here. Bye-bye. And that was the official podcast of the WCD. Don't forget to follow us on all our socials on Facebook, Instagram at WCD2023Singapore and check out our WCD website WCD2023Singapore.org for more updates and content on the WCD. And until next time, stay safe and use sunblock.